everybody uh this is monster movie fun time go i'm your host honey bee and i'm precious d your other host <laughs> and uh today we are talking about godzilla raids again yeah, 1955 just one year after godzilla 81 minutes directed by motoyoshi oda effects by E.G. Tsuburaya. I don't know what the budget is, but it made 170 million yen. And the featured monsters are Godzilla and Angiris. Godzilla is 50 meters tall. I do not have a death count on this movie. Oh, boo. Do we see a lot of it? Do we see a lot of people? I don't think so. No, I think this movie was really about the monsters. A lot of of property destruction. Yeah. Uh, I'll put something in later if i can if i find anything cool (laughs) so this movie is a lot about fisheries (laughs) the fishing business Uh uh-huh we start out with a couple of pilots soichi stukioka and koji kobayashi who apparently are fish spotters Mm -hmm. they are pilots working maji fishing corporation or whatever and they fly around spotting fish and then directing the fishing boats to that area yes and they are chatting with tsukioka is chatting with his apparent girlfriend hademi the boss's daughter she's on the mm-hmm. radio back at the factory she is on the radio and he's reporting in to her And then Kobayashi calls in and talks to some other girl that he fails to have any relationship with. It kind (laughs) of seems like they're setting that up, but it doesn't go anywhere. And Kobayashi is having engine trouble and his plane goes down. Yes, but before this happens, um, when uh, Hidemi and uh, what is the other guy's name? Not Kobayashi, Uh, but uh, yes, when they're like flirting back and forth over the radio the other girl's like hey you can't do that even if you are the boss's daughter and she's like oh well i'll just buy you some red bean soup and she's like oh okay yeah go ahead no problem i had also (laughs) been and she's like well you're an easy bribe (laughs) yeah just some red bean soup all right i'm in I thought that was so funny. I'm like, these are the kinds of friends to have right here. So uh, Kobayashi, he goes down on Awato Island and mm-hmm. Yoka goes looking for him and finds him and reports in and then lands. And he tells them, he's oh, great. You found me. Thanks. And he's like, you should thank those radio ladies. And he says, you mean I owe my life to those men? <laughs> Now they'll really lord it over you. We hear hear a noise and at only 8 minutes and 57 seconds in, we get a look at Mr. Lumpy himself. Lumpy! I'll say, he looks great this movie. Yeah? 
Yeah, you know? yeah, he looks really good. Just they, as uh, Imani had feared at the end of the first movie, there are more Godzillas. Surprise, motherfucker. And uh, Tsukioka says, it must be Godzilla. And he's fighting another monster. And yes. the guy's on rocks dropped on them and the two monsters fall into the water and the pilots say, this is our chance and they make a run for it bubbles bubbles splash splash scene change and then we cut to osaka city police headquarters where the two pilots are looking at dinosaur mug shots (laughs) yeah can you identify This, this monster yeah this did remind me of the scene in beast from Twenty Thousand fathoms Yes, definitely. They're looking through dinosaur sketches. They seem like mm-hmm. some of the same sketches. Uh, but they, and there's a bearded guy in there, some sort of academic type. And Dr. Yamane from the first movie. Woo, welcome back. He talks about the bomb awakened Godzilla. And they've identified, they identify the dinosaur as an ankylosaurus. Mm-hmm. And he says the bomb must have awakened Godzilla and ankylosaurus has been roused. Also known as Angiris. He is not also known as Angiris. That is just the trademark name they use in this movie. It is oh, not, really? Yeah, it's not an actual nickname for an Ankylosaurus. I think they just wanted some sort of specific proper name they could call him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Which I have here that he is 150 to 200 feet tall. Yes, yes. From 70 to 150 million years ago. And his brain is distributed across the thorax and abdomen, unlike most dinosaurs, he says. Mm-hmm. Dr. Yamani has no plan to fight this thing, but I do have some footage from the first movie I can show you. Yeah. <laughs> from the first movie that have no sound and are grainy. No make- sound at all. That was like... I was like, what the hell? I just started singing um, that song, uh, Wrecking Ball, by Miley Cyrus, <laughs> as um, Lumpy destroyed the city, because there was no other sound, so, <laughs> except for the clicking of the projector you that they're using. Own, you provided your own soundtrack. That's good. Yeah, I did. Uh, but yeah, they, they do make an effort to make it look like it's actual footage, though, by scratching it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, one reason maybe to have no i mean if you were just taking a home movie on the scene it probably wouldn't have sound but also they don't have to deal with the music and stuff that would have been there they just cut all the sound out mm-hmm. i thought i mean like at least add like a someone given a little like or like a cough or something so but yeah it was a little boring to just mm-hmm. watch this footage we've already seen with no sound but they did get that booty shot in <laughs> Uh, Yamane mentions the oxygen destroyer but we have no hope of finding another way and exactly oh and I wrote down again exactly what he feared at the end of the last movie mm-hmm. and I wrote down here a moment a moment for Serizawa they they did like talk about him being a good man I thought that was yeah. nice yeah so his only plan is to find predict evacuate and blackout apparently mm-hmm. Gojira has PTSD that is triggered by bright light. <laughs> yeah, this was weird. Seem inconsistent about it though. They seem to be saying in places that the bright light will drive him off, uh-huh. but that the bright light will attract. Why they need to black out the city because the bright light, the lights would attract him to the city. But if 
the light it's about the light him being afraid of the light or whatever because of the bomb going off right like it brings back memories of the bomb yes but it's totally unclear if he wants to run away from the light or attack the light right that wasn't making sense to me and then Tsukioka and Hademi have a moment on the roof and she talks about how he was brave he says I thought it was the end and all I could see was your face Oh, planes control keep searching so we see some planes go by and the control room tells everybody to keep searching uh-huh. and it might be hiding in caves and then a report comes in of a Godzilla-like object. And they they have one of those maps that's on a table where you could place, like, ships and tanks and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they have a little wooden Godzilla model that they place on the table <laughs> to indicate where he is. A second report comes in pretty close to the first one. And we see ships and planes heading for Key Channel? Key Channel? And there's a newspaper, Will Godzilla Come Ashore? The radio comes on. The Godzilla Task Force is giving evacuation order. And if Godzilla runs amok, it will be bad for... Oh, so the the fishery guys are talking about this. And they say, well, if Godzilla runs amok in these waters, it will be bad for production. Yeah. And, and the like, girl, the girl is in this again. The bean soup girl, isn't she? She's like, we, we, we can't eat the fish. Yeah, yeah. How, what, what, there won't be any fish for us to eat, and everybody laughs. Yeah, it's like there's a there's a few moments like this in the movie where they like break up the really serious shit with just like this random little moment of comedy. I think they did really good about that. Uh, and then the new newspaper speculates that Godzilla, Godzilla is shifting course. Mm-hmm. Then we get some neon signs and nightclubs and singing and dancing. There's a singer on a stage with a band and there's people dancing and our breeding pair are on a date. Then there's a big buzz and an alert for the Osaka region. The Godzilla task force reports at 1930 Godzilla changed course and is now headed for Osaka Bay. Panic! Flares will be airdropped. Yes, there's an immediate panic. A blackout order Please exit the ballroom calmly. Do not. <laughs> Absolute, complete panic. Yes. Uh, and we then they will say Osaka Station and the lights go, lights going out around town. Planes fly by, little toy tanks mm-hmm. along the shore, and the soldiers panic as Godzilla approaches. They do not keep their cool. <laughs> Well, they do know what just happened in Tokyo, too. So uh, the planes, uh, you know, they they people always talk about Godzilla attacking Tokyo, but he seems to get around. He does not just attack Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they drop flares and Godzilla stands there and watches the planes and the flares. Mm-hmm. And there's a thing about the police are to evacuate prisoners in custody to a safe zone which I thought was a nice touch, but then it turns out to actually <laughs> affect it. It is something you need to take into account. You know, there's a hurricane coming. You can't just leave the pre- people in jail. Forget the prisoners. Yeah, yeah, totally. Day for night evacuation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's very clearly being shot, <laughs> trying to make it look like it's night. Godzilla continues to watch the planes and casually knocks over the lighthouse with his tail. Mm-hmm. 
Sukiyaka and, and Hidemi must have just come in from the club and Kobayashi's going to go and report to the boss mm-hmm. at the cannery. And so they go together, leaving Hidemi behind. And she's like, you'll be safe here. Run for the mountains if anything happens. Which I thought was foreshadowing, but it wasn't. She, Nothing happens to her. Yeah. There's an announcement. The flares are working. Godzilla's moving away. Yes. And... In this scene, though, where he is looking at the flares, I want to say I got the first like good look at his face. And it seems to me that his teeth are a little bit longer in this film and that they grade the whites of his eyes a little bit. Uh-huh. Also, his his eyes in this film move. His eyes haven't moved before in the other films. Like it was they just like kind of like would do like a camera and it's just like his mm-hmm. eye just like looking. But in this one, his eyes moved. Um, let's see, the teeth were longer. His eyes moved. Yeah, they grade the whites of his eyes a little bit. And then also I noticed... I'm not sure if it, but it looked like his toes, like he had toenails, like very long toenails. I'm sure he had those in the other ones, but I just noticed them way more in this one. So I feel like Godzilla got a little bit of a makeover for this movie. Yeah, they make little adjustments pretty much with every one of them, I think. Yeah, I was digging it. I was like, oh, shit, it is getting real. So uh, the boss is informed that Godzilla is leaving for some reason he's there at the cannery with like binoculars watching things when he should not be there probably (laughs) and then we see the prisoners being moved and they decide Mm -hmm. that this is a good time to stay (laughs) because apparently they're not paying attention to you know we're going to take you someplace safe no no that's okay We'll we'll break out and take our chances with the with the sea monster that's coming on shore. They jump the guards. One of the guards in the driver's compartment's like, uh, "What's going on back there?" Oh, number fourteen had another seizure. He's like, oh, not again. I don't know what's going on with number fourteen, but they buy that. Then they start shooting off the lock of the back door and escape. So of course the driver stops and they jump out and they start shooting and we got uh what sounded a lot like a japanese wilhelm oh when the guy gets shot yeah it wasn't i don't think it was exactly the wilhelm scream but it was very close i would not assume that a japanese film company would be using the same stock sound effects but it was very very close some of the prisoners get captured. So one of them gets shot in the leg and two of them stop to help and they get captured. But three of the guys get away in a truck. Which I just want to say, if this was a zombie movie and your dude gets shot, you got to leave him. I hate <laughs> to say it. It's a monster movie, so we're going to let it slide. But, you know, well, but it, it, the police that were chasing him, though, not a monster. So I guess I don't know. I don't know why they stopped. Uh, yeah, they're like, oh, no, we'll help you. And then it's like, ah, freeze or we're going to shoot you like. Damn it. They commandeer a truck that just happens to be the same truck that our two pilots are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that they remain center to the story. And we have what I would describe as a slow speed chase. Mm -hmm. It's not not OJ Simpson slow, but it's pretty slow. (laughs) That's hilarious. And then the the. The truck that the convicts are driving crashes for no apparent reason. 
I know. And the guy in the front seat while they're doing this like chase scene is like, why? He's just flopping around in the <laughs> seat. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is with this guy? Yeah, it was they, cracking me up. They lose control for no reason that I can tell and run into some kind of tank and start a big fire, which gets Godzilla's attention. Yes. We see the toys come to life for the crash and then fire and then Gojira. The tanks and the guns on the on the beach start shooting to no avail. Gojira hits a plane with his atomic breath. Mm-hmm. And then, and yeah, there's then... some really great shots here of his mouth opening and closing yeah. with the uh, death breath. Yeah, and then Sukioka and Kobayashi are now somehow with the boss, even though they were in this truck a minute ago, observing from the cannery roof. I I don't know why they've gone back there. And Angiris also comes ashore, and they fight while the army shoots at both of them, and while the army panics quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I love um, Angie's roar, too. It's pretty good. <laughs> and there's a lot of biting. There's some atomic breath, but it sets a bunch of stuff on fire, but does not seem to bother Angiris at all. Mm-hmm. And the employees tell the boss it's time to go. And again, I wrote, why is he even there? <laughs> And he thinks that the flare moved Godzilla away, but attracted Angiris. I don't see this. I, I think yeah. Angiris was just following Godzilla, or they were both attracted. Yeah, they were already him. fighting. Yeah, Higher. so he's just like, hey, you little bitch. Yeah. Don't run away from me when I'm talking to you. I wrote, light plan is unclear. Because, yeah, it's not. Is it driving him away? Is it attracting him? It's not at all clear. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hademi waits anxiously, and that's all. She just fires, <laughs> and that's all. She just watches up. out the window anxiously. Yeah. <laughs> looks a little wistful. There's this part right here, like right after she looks out the window, where Godzilla is like he has like kung fu hands for a second. <laughs> he just kind of like puts his hands up and like does that like shake, you know, in the Matrix when he like shakes all the dust dust off of him. Okay. He kind of has one of those I moments. There were parts of this fight that looked like he was being a sumo wrestler. Oh yeah, definitely, but, I could see that. <laughs> but the, the film also seems sped up during some yeah. fighting. Mm-hmm. And then we see the three prisoners are not dead. They run into the monsters and turn and run the other way and down into the subway. The buildings fall and the subway starts flooding. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of a oh here yes this is the so there's a pause in the fight and. It looks like Godzilla bows. Yeah. Like he's getting ready for a, either karate <laughs> like a... or sumo. <laughs> and more fight. And a a cop on the street pulls out his pistol and crouches down like he's going to do something with it. Yeesh. Like it's going to help. But Godzilla bites Angiris in the neck and then... And Giris is letting out some sound, some sort of high-pitched sound. It looks like the building is cracking because of Angiris's sound waves mm-hmm. but from his screaming. But this is not really addressed or, or discussed or anything. So, yeah, nobody addresses what is going on with his sound waves. But Godzilla really goes to town on his neck and pushes Angiris into the water and sets him on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this is definitely the best monster fighting I feel like we've seen. But, like, 
it's so good there's so many different like scenes you really get to see the monsters move i feel like this is like yes this is it this is why we're here and then right as i was thinking like wow okay this fight is really going on for a long time godzilla was just like yeah and you know bites him on the neck throws his ass back in the ocean roars fire like who's the daddy dinosaur now so, oh yeah uh, and it's right here someone um also refers to him as the bastard spawn of the hydrogen bomb yes yes uh i think that is on the i wrote that uh Hedemi is watching the news reports Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's what it is. And Garrus has finally been beaten by Godzilla, but there are still oh, but there's still 35 minutes to go. Yeah, yeah. And the, the battle of the century is over, and that's probably yes. And look at all the destruction of our city mm-hmm. and our world famous Osaka castle trampled by the bastard spawn of the hydrogen bomb. <laughs> So this, I was wondering in the first movie about the buildings, but this one, definitely one of those models that is destroyed is a model of Osaka Castle, which mm-hmm. apparently is world famous. And the announcer mentions that we're powerless against Godzilla's rage, but seems to have pacified him and he's heading into the sea. And Hidemi looks out the window and she can see the flames from her window. Mm-hmm. In the morning, the boss surveys the damage says we'll get back on our feet and he's showing around some guy from another branch and the ladies are cleaning up and the pilots come in and say they can't find Godzilla. Why are these fish spotters <laughs> looking? I mean, maybe it's in their skill set, but they're not the military. Why are they trying to spot Godzilla and why are they reporting back to their fish boss about it? <laughs> How, how is this their job? <laughs> and they say the coastal defense hasn't found him either. Well, that's their job, though. Let them leave it to the professionals, you clowns. <laughs> I think here is where we get another uh, joke. Yes, yeah. Moment. This is the, the little comedy breakup where um, Kobayashi gets his nickname of Mr. Groom. Yeah. So and they ask talks him, about finding a woman or they ask if Kobayashi would mind going to the Hokkaido office because mm-hmm. things are bad here, but we can't let the ships be idle. And that Godzilla has delayed the wedding between uh, Tsukiaka and Hademi. Mm-hmm. Paraphrases Confucius to have a long engagement. Is that not a joy? So I don't know what the paraphrasing is. I'm not a Confucian. Uh, but they all joke in the rubble about finding Kobayashi a woman. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this then goes on to become an ongoing joke. Hey, Mr. Groom, when's your wedding? Hey, everybody. everybody <laughs> when he goes to the other town, somehow a memo goes out informing everyone in town. <laughs> Let's joke about how Kobayashi cannot find a woman and pretend that he's gonna get married at any minute <laughs> i don't know yeah wah, wah. cut to another city it's snowing in the kayo fishing incorporated hokkaido office kobayashi and the boss continue the bride jokes from before uh-huh. everyone in the office uh is in on everyone is in on the joke now so what i just said and then on a ship 
there's a report of a large group of cod and everybody waves at Kobayashi as he flies over. The ships are chasing the fish. Kobayashi flies around and he drops him a note saying, I hope it's a big haul. And Kobayashi gets a call to return. It's Hidemi. She's on the horn. Tsukioka is also on the radio. Tsukioka tells him that we've got everything in, in, under control. So we did, So we rushed up to see you here. Mm-hmm. And someone special wants to see you. Like, well, but it's that's it's not a lady though. I think it's their friends that they meet at the bar later. <laughs> so later at a restaurant, also in on the groom joke, mm-hmm. and there are old friends of Tsukioka there, who Kobayashi explains to Hademi are college friends war together as well, and Tsukiaka seems surprised that they're alive. Is he not aware that they made it through the war? I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that is about. But uh, there's a company banquet going on. So Tsukioka and his old college chums are in one room, and people from the fishing company are in another room, and Kobayashi's going back and forth, and there's a lot of drinking and singing. Mm-hmm. His old friends seem like assholes, and Haidemi does not like them. This ends up having no bearing on the plot but she just seems uncomfortable around this guy. But yeah, I don't know why, and it doesn't come to anything. And Hademi asks about the Mr. Groom nickname. But then suddenly, guy comes in, the Zuko Maru 2 has been sunk. Seems Godzilla did it. Inform the Coast Guard. So the fishery gets the word before the Coast Guard. Before this, there's a moment where Kobayashi comes in and says, He's like asking, like, what do girls want? And she's like, handbags, watches, stockings. Uh, is that? No, no, that's later. That's. Oh, is it? It comes a little bit later. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, things get a little serious there. Uh, but Godzilla really has it in for this fishing company. <laughs> the old friends question the boss about. How do you know it's Godzilla? And he explains. And then one of the old friends starts giving orders to everybody. We cut to planes and Tsukiyaka is flying as severe weather. Oh, the, Hidemi oh yeah. The severe weather. Forecast. Severe weather. Please return at once. And you don't have mm-hmm. to search so far away. And they have a little bit of a fight on the radio. But he does turn around. And that's when Kobayashi comes in. And he wants to know what kind of things do girls want. And she gives him a little list he says, isn't Tsukiaka a little late? And he, Tsukiaka, spots Gojira. Kobayashi over the radio is like, you don't have enough fuel. What are you doing? I'll take over. Uh, Tag me in, coach. What, yeah, what's your location? And this is when he, he was taking notes in his little diary about what girls like. Mm-hmm. And he drops the diary on the desk and starts looking at his chart and asking yeah. his location. And as soon as he put that diary down, I was like, oh, he's not going to make it back. Yeah. There's just something about that him leaving it there and knowing mm-hmm. how Demi was looking at it. I knew that she was going to be looking at it later. Yeah. And it wasn't gonna, he wasn't going to make it back. It was really quite effective the way this, you know, just yeah, one Thing. And, like, the, the development between, like, the character, like, Kobayashi's character from the beginning to now, 
um even with just even with her you know at the beginning he's like those nags and yeah. like now he's like sitting here like they're having a conversation and then he drops the the journal so yeah it was it was oh i was so sad yeah. so uh, demi says he's he's coming and uh, kobayashi's like find me the perfect gift and uh, yeah, she's like, you know, go, go, go get my boyfriend. He's like, okay, but you got to find me the perfect gift. And uh, she's, I will. And yeah, we know he's going to die. Yeah. And then she, he leaves and she looks in his little diary and finds a picture of him and a separate picture of some girl who's dressed like a schoolgirl. But she's holding a scroll. So maybe she's just graduated. Maybe it's a diploma. Yeah. Um, but this seems to be the girl he's interested in. Maybe they're actually dating. Maybe he just likes her. He's got her picture. So, yeah. and she she looks very pleasant, very pretty. She's about to be very sad. Yeah, womp womp. We go to HQ. Lots of phones. They're loading up bombs, preparing to launch. And Gojira is standing on a little sort of icy island in a crevice, just kind of standing there. Yeah, he's just like stretching it out. He's been like swimming Weird. all day. He just seems kind of weird the way he's just standing there, not doing anything. So uh, Kobayashi arrives and switches places with Tsukioka. And HQ is they're planning to trap Gojira, but they want to set up a fire fence. So yeah, they... okay. Against fire breath over there. That's a great well, idea. They, yeah, they want, they want to keep him trapped in the little gorge he's in. So to keep him from exiting into the ocean, they want to set up a fire fence. And then we see lots of planes and ships. And again, go Godzilla's just standing there. Kobayashi calls him a son of a bitch and buzzes <laughs> him in his plane. And then Godzilla's heading for the ocean. We need the Defense Force aircraft right away. And he says, so you bastard, you think you can get away? And buzzes Godzilla again. And then somebody says, commence it. Bombs away. And they... Yeah, she dives at Godzilla again and gets hit with atomic breath, fire, crack, avalanche. Avalanche. But Godzilla gets partly buried. Ah, here's a plan. All the planes can bomb the mountaintop and bury Godzilla. And Hidemi goes to report to Papa. Papa, Kobayashi is never coming back. Which, by the way, Papa, um, the subtitle says daddy. Just saying. I thought it said mm-hmm. Papa. But she, she does. You no, know, she says Papa, but the subtitle does say Daddy. Mm-hmm. My, my brain must have just filled it in. <laughs> <laughs> he showed others the way to destroy Godzilla. And then she goes back to her desk and looks at the pictures, and the planes run out of bombs and need mm-hmm. to come back and reload. <laughs> and and during all this, Tsukioka seems to be riding in the back of the plane of his college friend. Tajami, Tajami, Tajima, and and when they're loading up, he's like, "Take me with you again. I need to do this." But he doesn't take him with him. He gives him his own plane. Mm -hmm. So yes, we will let a fish spotter come along on this dangerous military mission. Give him his own plane. Gojira's in ice. Uh, The boat unload barrels of gas. Even though they've already got him trapped, they still want to do this firewall plan. And start unloading barrels of gas, but Godzilla starts digging out. So like, ah, get back to the ships. From the ships, they light up the barrels and make a firewall. 
and Sokioka is flying one of the planes and shoots and starts an avalanche and then makes a second pass and then one of the planes crashes just like Kobayashi's did we get more avalanche more missiles Mm -hmm. Godzilla slaps a plane yeah he should have grabbed that bitch right out of the air and like threw it down and Godzilla tries he's like up to his shoulders again and tries his atomic breath but gets buried as the last missiles finish the job Tsukioka seems to be the last plane left. We defeated Godzilla at last. The end. Oh, it was so good. And we will not see Godzilla again until 1962 when he goes up against King Kong. What? 1962? Don't you mean 2021? Yeah. (laughs) Didn't that just happen? This is King Kong versus Godzilla. That was Godzilla versus Kong. So just like Suicide Squad versus The Suicide Squad, there could not Mm -hmm, possibly mm -hmm. be any confusion between those two titles. (laughs) Before we get Godzilla again, though, we will see Rodan in 1956. Let's see, what year are we here? 55? We're at 55. A bunch of stuff comes out in 55 and 56. We have It Came From Beneath the Sea and Tarantula, and then in 56, <laughs> Hollow Mountain and Rodan and World Without End. So, uh, what was that? Rodan in 1956 and Mothra in 1961. And I mentioned these because they are also Toho movies and creatures that will end up fighting Godzilla later. Oh, yes. They get I do want to say, own. oh, they get their own movies, though? They get their own movies first, and then rolled into the Godzilla universe. Heck, yes. I loved this movie. I thought it was so good. I loved the comedy points in the movie. I loved uh, the references they made for the first movie. And um, I'd say I'm officially a Godzilla fan after the movie. Glad to hear it. Team Godzilla. Yeah. Team Godzilla. I mean, so far, I could see, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a badass. And I think this movie, too, is just so good. Um, like, they're really getting the hang of, like, his movements, his mm. mouth opening and closing, like, his teeth being the certain size, his eyes moving. It was It's really, like, getting up there. And I am enjoying the process so much. <laughs> it's so cool. And we will we'll not only see a physical evolution, but a emotional evolution, a thematic. Oh, he starts he starts as a stand-in for atomic bombs, and then he becomes a force of nature. And then, at times, he becomes a protector of humanity from these other creatures. Aww. And then will go back to being an unstoppable force of nature. And he sort of goes back and forth, probably just reflecting whatever the concerns of the time might be. Right. Yeah, totally. But it's with this one that it becomes a series and a franchise, and which will continue on until the present day. So, fuck yes, lot to look forward to. Yes, I love it. So, uh, so what are we doing next? Next is it came from beneath the sea. That is an octopus 
I believe it is a <laughs> I believe it is a Harryhausen joint. It is a United States film. Pretty sure it's a Harryhausen thing, but we'll find out. Oh, I am so that is stoked. Also 1955. It is available. I don't think it's streaming free, but you can rent or purchase it on Vudu or Amazon or any of those kind of places. I already have a copy on Vudu. Once again, I'd like to ask everybody to rate us and review us on Apple iTunes and send us any feedback you might have to monstermoviefuntimego at gmail.com. Or go to our page on anchor.fm slash mmftg to leave us a voice message. Do it. Do it. You know you want to do it. <laughs> so I have been Precious D. And I'm Honey D. And as always, we won't see you, but you will hear us next time. <laughs> Monster Movie Fun Time Go. <laughs> You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato folk rock punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.